0: This group of donors was most likely to stop donating during the pandemic. When can we expect them to donate again? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakovic. This is the first day from the fundraising school. And today we're looking at an important research study that examined charitable giving during the pandemic. And the study was conducted by the Women's Philanthropy Institute within the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, which is also home to the fundraising school. And This study from our good colleagues at WPI found that about two thirds of households were still gonna donate during the pandemic, but the household most likely to pause charitable giving were single women households. And that's important because for many, many years, the research has shown that the household most likely to donate is the married couple household, but followed very closely by the single female household. So if that's a group of people hitting the pause button, that could have a substantial impact on a lot of fundraising. So uh, in the summer of 2021, we talked about this study with the director of the Women's Philanthropy Institute, Jeannie Sager. We did that during our leadership roundtable. And during that meeting, I asked Jeannie, when can we expect single women donors to resume their charitable giving and be donating as they were pre-pandemic?
1: There's so many studies right out right now that, 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 Absolutely display that women have been disproportionately affected um, by the pandemic and the resulting economic downturn. Um, But when you when we really look at women um, as as just as givers, there are other indications that that indicate that you really need to stay the course so. It would, be, it would be detrimental um, to hit a pause button on stewarding, and particularly single women, um, just because they may not be able to give now. And the situation, the economic situation for women is not good, for all the reasons you said. I mean, it's, getting, it's starting to get better, the economy is opening up, but the disproportionate effect was pretty devastating. Um, and so now, and 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 women are now there are so many different inputs into how they're making decisions about going back into um, the workforce. Um, there's all kinds of media attention right now with regards to all of the different ways that we um, introduced and invited remote work. So reimagining um, how women are engaging in the workforce. Um, women are are. Asking um, for more from their employers in in in, in some ways um, to account um, for some of those changes. So, what I'd say in terms of advice for single women in particular who have answered this question and are worried about, um, um, who are reporting that they will they would be more likely to decrease their giving during this time. I think it's kind of almost a little bit a well duh, right? I mean. Um, if you are, we have, in general, women have, um, different attitudes about money, which is, which is why philanthropy and giving is so different between men and women. And you can even talk to financial advisors. And so they're going to be more cautious and that's going to trickle to their philanthropy. Um, but it also makes it more important to engage them, um, um, even if they aren't able to give as large a gift as they normally would to your organization, continue to steward them, continue to build community, continue to do all the things because um, in the end, the, 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 biggest, you know, thing that we share is that women give more um, and they're going to continue to give more. And that's, that's my, that's my take on it. Um, I think the answer to this particular question was really. Um, definitely are in response to to the unique situation that that women find themselves in at this point in in history.
0: Now, when we do our annual fund fundraising, a, a key strategy is to examine our donor database and look from one year to the next, who has donated in consecutive years. And as people are donating in consecutive years, that of course is a strong sign of engagement, donating at any monetary amount, And as they're doing so, that gives us a signal of when we might be even able to ask them for a higher dollar amount over time. Well, since this significant group of donors, single women, were hitting the pause button with their charitable giving during the pandemic, I asked Jeannie, do we need to adjust how we analyze our donor databases? You know, when we teach annual fund fundraising, we talk about look to see who's a repeat donor, right? Who's giving in those consecutive years? Keep engaged with them over time. Uh, and when we see those repeat gifts, we think that that donor is inviting us to invite them to ask for a larger amount, right? Some, some maybe incrementally large amount. We're able to do wealth screen. We know it can be an even a higher level of amount. What happens now that you know Jeannie Sager, if she's a, a single mom raising her kids and she's hit the pause button on her charitable giving, you've been a donor to my organization for three, four, five years in a row, and suddenly I see this gap, right? You didn't give in this particular year in that particular year. Uh, am I right in thinking I I need a new approach to analyzing my donor database because of the pandemic? That the gap does not necessarily mean no longer interested. Can can you help us understand that, please?
1: Ab- absolutely, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I think that um, um, in fact, what I was hearing, um, especially from um, groups that specifically uh, had had. Um, people on staff that work specifically with women um, and women donors, um, they used this time in the pandemic to really reach out um, to everyone on the list. And so I think that's an opportunity when you look at that that lapsed piece um, to reach out uh, to someone. Um, So in terms of, of, of thinking about a different strategy um, instead of deciding, oh, I wonder, instead of wondering what that's about, um, I would say lean in and, and, you know, not to pry, but just to check in on them and see how they're doing and, and thank them for their loyalty um, and ask them uh, ask them the, you know, kind of stewardship questions about, you know, why did you choose to give to my organization for so many years um, and, and, and re-engage in a different way?
0: Jeannie Sager is the director of the Women's Philanthropy Institute at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, and their research and all of their resources are available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu. And if you look across the toolbar on the top, you'll see Institutes. You click on that, a menu will drop down, and you'll see the Women's Philanthropy Institute. They generate quite a bit of research throughout the year. Uh, They partner with the fundraising school on a course every summer on gender distinctions and charitable giving. Uh, And if this is a topic of interest to you, WPI is the place for you to be. Now, speaking of that toolbar, the next over to the left says professional development. Watch what happens when you click on that. You'll see the fundraising school. You'll see information about our public courses that are available in Indianapolis in person and a growing number of cities across the United States. We also have our custom training that we can do online or in-person and our public courses are available online as well, either uh, in a recorded version and sometimes in virtual settings as well. We have these free weekly podcasts. We have our quarterly webinars and all that information, again, is available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. So great to have Jeannie Sager give us her wisdom and advice today. Our producers are Jennifer Baufman and Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stangekevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school.